Welcome to the Scaling Through Structure podcast. I'm your host, Austin LaRoche, and we are here to learn about the winning systems that business leaders use to find success. If you believe in the power of organization, frameworks, and scalable processes, then this is the pod for you. Let's go. Okay, I am really, really excited for today's guest. I've got Josh Elledge from upmyinfluence.com. How are you today, Josh? Austin, it's great to be here. So, so excited to hear about all the ways that you've been able to scale your business, the winning systems that you have. So why don't we just start from the beginning? Talk to me about your your company and your growth story, kind of from inception to where it is today. Well, sure. And I want to make sure that it's super relevant for anybody that's listening to our conversation too. And there's been a lot, I mean, I, you know, you and I have chatted separately and, and uh, there's definitely a, a trail of blood miles long from getting our nose punched in and trying to figure out a few things. And I feel like we've got a couple of things locked down pretty well. And that has to do with the area of growth, sales, um, particularly in the B2B world, which I'll share a lot of good insights in this conversation on. Um, But so what Up My Influence does uh, is that we have um, launched over 200 podcasts. Now, podcasts are phenomenal for growing an audience, um, connecting with that audience, building a relationship. Certainly, it's great for thought leadership. It's a great, um, you know, content strategy tool. So it gives you a, just a lot of content that you can use to repurpose for social media. And you can again, you can engage and build and grow audiences. But one of the most overlooked aspects of podcasting is that it's the ultimate networking tool. But not just for anybody. It's the ultimate networking platform for high level collaborative leaders. Now, again, I don't want to, you asked me about my story, so I don't want to, I just want to tease that. That's what we're going to be talking about. Let me just give you just a quick <laughs> little background. So for anyone who's like, what are we going to be talking about? Today? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, but again, just my background. So uh, I was a, in the military, I was a U.S. Navy journalist for five years, started a string of companies. Most of them did not succeed. But on my seventh business venture, that one did all right. That was Savings Angel. Uh, and uh, I, when I launched that company, uh, I had no money for advertising, um, but I was willing to serve audiences and do so with the hope that if I just go serve, bring value, that audiences are smart and they know how to find you and take, you know, blah, 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 do business with you. So that's what we did with Savings Angel. So with $0 spent in advertising, you know, we ended up creating a pretty solid seven-figure company, seven-figure year company. And so um, as a result of that, um, and how I got that was that I just went and worked with, at the time, radio stations, TV stations, magazines, newspapers, anybody with a, you know, at the time, you know, bloggers, you know, anyone that had an audience, I would collaborate with them. And I would adapt this attitude that we're going to be talking a lot about today, about it's it's philosophy called, um, that Bob Berg, um, you know, really coined, it's called this go-giver philosophy, right? Where you're leading in generosity. Because, and again, uh, Austin, we'll be talking about this quite a bit in this conversation as well. You know, in uh, the world of sales and marketing, it's very noisy, right? And there's there's just, 
you know, if we want to be empathic to the lives of our customers or partners or whoever it is that we want to engage with, they're swimming in noise. And so how do we differentiate ourselves in a world like that? And in a world where unfortunately a lot of amateur marketers and well-intended business owners have really just decimated existing platforms for connection. And I'm talking about email, LinkedIn sales navigator, DM, social media feeds, right? It is just a, speaking of blood, it's a bloodbath of marketers who have just aggressively just ruined it, quite frankly, for a lot of us who are very good at what we do. We're, um, you know, we create successful outcomes for our clients. Well, you know, we still thrive off of building lots of meaningful connections. And if those current platforms have just been, you know, kind of overused, um, it, you know, everyone's kind of got their guard up. And so we're going to have to do something a little bit different. And again, that's kind of where up my influence comes into um, play because out of Savings Angel, I started doing a lot of pro bono work in our local startup community, working with um, veteran, a lot of fellow kind of veteran owned business owners, working pro bono, serving on boards, mentoring, you know, that sort of just doing good. Right. Um, you know, here's the thing. And, and this is, again, another philosophy that I've seen very, very commonly is those of us who are generous, those of us who are collaborative are in a unique position where if we just stay the course, and if we just keep showing up, and we just keep on investing in our network, and we keep on investing in relationships, eventually, Austin, where you plant your seeds, it's not necessarily where you reap your harvest. But I want to let anyone know, particularly if you're newer in business, um, generally, it gets a lot easier. Just stay the course. Be patient. Don't chase those shiny objects. Just kind of, again, just stay focused on your network because your network, as obviously as we all believe, is your net worth. Um, you know, getting back to my story, um, out of that pro bono work that I did, I I I started getting offers to, <laughs> to consult uh, on the side, you know, savings angel was doing all right. We we're kind of, kind of reaching the end of product life cycle, to be honest. And so it was actually a really nice transition for me where I was able to kind of work solo or independently on my own as a consultant in and around areas like growth, PR, media, that sort of thing, which then turned into this whole podcast in which I had been podcasting since 2007. Um, so out of that, what we discovered is that podcasting has a unique opportunity to get value from both sides of the coin, right? So one side of the coin, obviously being, listen, if you are very good at what you do, you have some great domain expertise, you should be out there guesting on podcasts. It is one of the easiest things you could do, be seen, serve audiences. It's more of a long tail uh, play. So in other words, if what you're hoping for is to get on some podcasting stages and then immediately get a bunch of sales from it, probably not going to work out like that. But what it will do is it will continue to soften the market. It's, it has more in, in common, I'd say, with SEO than anything else. So in other words, I still want you to guest on podcasts, right? Because the long tail effect of that is you're going to get indexed everywhere, uh, if the podcaster is pretty decent at what they do, do. And so your discoverability for years and years and years is going to be great. I've done over 300 podcasts as a guest. Um, I get rewards from that weekly. 
because I, I already planted those seeds, right? And so uh, again, just give generously at all times and just trust that, you know, again, consumers are pretty smart. The, the, they know what to do. <laughs> um, but but the other side of the coin, Austin, will kind of, this will be a good kind of um, segue here, is the power of being a host because that gives you a completely different strategy that you could take advantage of. And that strategy is that for all intents and purposes, you've kind of are you kind of wearing some media credibility, right? And so when you have the media credentials, it allows you to get places that you normally wouldn't be able to get to. Um, what I mean by that is it allows you to punch up a couple of levels. So if in, let's say that you want to build your influence and authority within your industry, well, I can tell you what the fast track is, is start contributing, start creating content, but use your platform to collaborate with other people and use your platform to celebrate and spotlight other people first. And it's amazing uh, how much people will appreciate you for that. If, if you talk, if you take some time uh, to recognize again, that podcasting could be an amazing networking platform. So again, hopefully this is starting to connect some dots for people here, right? It's pretty easy to start a podcast today. But again, I want you to think about how you can use it to start networking your way up while you create the content, while you build your audience. You can have all of the above. And that's that's kind of what Up My Influence specializes in is that strategy and kind of the business and sales development around that. I, I think all of that's really great. I really want to dive into it, to some of the things you said. I'm a big, uh, uh, I, I love the go-giver. I, I recommend it to everybody. And, you know, the law of reciprocity is the first law that they go over in, in the book. Um, and it essentially says that those who give the most will eventually receive the most. And I liked, I liked how you really called out the lack of the instant gratification with that. It is a hundred percent, a long game, but reciprocity mm -hmm. is also one of the six pillars of persuasion. So people are, are always inclined to help out those who've come and help them before. And even again, going back to the content that you were mentioning, putting that out because you want to put that out to be helpful. So if your whole philosophy is to be helpful, I mean, whether you're guesting on podcasts, whether you're hosting on podcasts, if you're just here to help, I I, I think we are very much aligned that yeah. you are going to be uh, much much more successful. So in that in that uh, you know vein of being helpful, can you talk a little bit about how you structure engagement? So somebody comes to you and goes, "I've always had this idea for a podcast, and I really think it could be really impactful." How do I do it? What what's what's the next step? How do you yeah. get them moving in the right direction? How can you help anyone out there looking to start their own podcast? Sure. So I, listen, I think that there are a lot of great podcast teachers and coaches out there that they're like their main play is the content and the audience building. Um, like I'm competent at that. Like I'm, I would say I'm pretty, probably pretty. My specialty is the business model or the, you know, the business justification or the profit model of why podcast. So here's some unfortunate statistics about podcasting is uh, more than 90% of independent podcasters never make it to episode 20. What's going on there? Well, it's because if you were to begin on any new platform, and this is, this is again, also why I appreciate that we've kind of circled back to this 
more of a, a business adulting view of any activity we do, as opposed to a newer business owner or someone that's, you know, kind of got this shiny object syndrome. I mean, they're just frantically looking for anything to kind of drum up some business. I'm not really talking about that. I mean, these are, you know, for people that are, they're playing the long game. They're here for the long haul. They want to build a legacy, right? And so if that's the case, that's a great model for, or that's a great inter production for me. So and interestingly enough, we don't get as many people to, uh, you know, again, if you kind of take a look at what, you know, what we do, um, we don't focus so much on people that who say, I want to start a podcast because I want my name and lights and I want my own significance, my own emotional <laughs> significance. It's usually not someone we work with. Like if it's, it's, it's someone that wants to create a, um, a podcast around pet sitting or something like that, or how much they love um, Shih Tzus or, you know, whatever, right? That's usually not a good, uh, like, I, I, I'm not real helpful on that. But I'll tell you this, if it's someone who says, listen, I'm okay with creating content, I'm interested, I'm open to it. But more than anything, I want to grow my business. And I know that the fastest way, so listen, let's get, you know, touch on a little e-myth stuff right here, just to make sure we're all singing the same music here, right? And that is, mm -hmm. if you are the founder, you're the CEO, or again, you're part of the growth team in your organization, what's your job? Your number one job, your moral obligation as a founder or CEO or, you know, high level, you know, decision maker is to grow that company. That's what your job is. And so I believe that the fastest way today for most people to grow their businesses is they really need to build a lot of valuable relationships. It's who you know, who knows you, who likes you, who are you collaborating with, who are you doing good stuff with, right? And so what we want to do is get leaders connecting with leaders, right? Because two leaders that like each other and find that they've got some common things, values alignment things, like they will, do, you don't have to worry about it. Like two leaders that like each other, they're going to find ways to do business together. And it's these big collaborations, these introductions, these partnerships, these, um, you know, introductions are flying back and forth. That's really where the magic happens. It's it's in what, what I like to refer to Austin as a whisper network, mm -hmm. right? Um, when you see me behind the scenes before and after a podcast, it's not flashy. It's just me having private human-to-human -human conversations with other high-level leaders, right? But that's where the business gets done. It's the quiet conversations on the golf course, in the VIP lounge, at the mixer, and in the green room, right? That's where the big business gets done. The showy stuff on stages and stuff like that, yeah, it looks good and exciting and stuff. But um, depending on what you do, I don't know. I'm more of a behind the, believe it or not, like even though I uh, do tend to have a bit of a, a higher energy personality, um, mm -hmm. I, I tend to like to do most of my business quietly. I one, one thing I don't necessarily love doing is selling, selling, selling from the stage. I'm just, it's just not my, my personality to do so. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because whether, you know, people have always been trying to build great relationships, right? And way back when local was a certain, certainly a big thing, you join the networking group, uh, <laughs> some sort of chamber of commerce or something else like that. And, you know, there's all sorts of organizations that then can connect people in industries, um, you know, even, even, you know, entrepreneurs, there's a tons of YPO, EO, tons yeah. of opportunities there to get to know people. It, it, you know, uh, across the world. But I think what podcasting does is it really gives them an opportunity to like 
connect on an intellectual level too right it's like yeah I, I don't just like yeah like like even in this this interview right like we just started talking and you just went straight to go giver and i'm like all right i'm in this is my kind of guy <laughs> because you know this, this is the same thing it's like how can i help? aligning <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right so it i think that's what's that what's really cool about this about your company and, and your view on podcasting is it is so much more than just a great conversation it's a more of an intellectual um bond i guess uh that you get when speaking yep. about things and seeing where your values do align um so uh talk to me about you know what advice you would give an entrepreneur who is kind of like okay i've got i've got this group i'm already in i've got these meetings podcast sounds fun but like i don't know like is it really something that can scale my my company like talk about how you feel like podcasts could help an entrepreneur scale their company because they're looking for portals to be able to, to not just grow, but to really be able to grow uh, exponentially, not just incrementally. Uh, and so like, talk, talk to me about where scale can come into uh, the, the, the world of podcasting. Yeah. So uh, again, just to um, make sure I've got, uh, I'm being clear about our use of podcasting, right? So um, again, typically uh, mostly B2B. So higher ticket, um, you know, B2B service providers, agency owners, consultants, coaches, that's mostly who we work with or other people who they definitely know, let's say that they're looking for um, really big JV partners or investors or influencers, right? But, but banging on those front doors, um, it's challenging, right? And 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 so they're looking for a way to kind of streamline a nice flow, not high volume. Um, our philosophy again is that we spend more time with fewer people, but they have to be the absolute right people. So what we do essentially is we set up a podcast on behalf of our client and we use that podcast as an express lane or a fast pass lane for exceptionally qualified leaders to come into our client's world. Now, our client is absolutely going to do this guest a solid. Like we are out there doing good, collaborating. Um, awesome. What you were talking about is this, you know, this energy that happens when you get two people that are aligning. You have values alignment, right? That's a magical power. Now, another one that goes along with that is when you have two people that are engaged in service together. There's another, again, just kind of this magical force that happens. Like you and I are serving an audience together. Like, I feel like, you know, there's like this energy. It's like you and I feel like we want to do good in the world together. So there's another powerful force there. So now we're creating this proximity together. So proximity leads to familiarity. And, um, you know, again, when you invite someone into your world, they're already kind of gaining that virtual proximity anyway, because they're like, oh, what podcast is this? So when you think about like our client who owns the podcast, and now we're inviting guests into our client's world to be guests on those podcasts, well, those guests are kind of looking around, oh, well, who is this host? What is this show? Oh, what do they do? Oh, who is this? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Huh. Interesting. I wonder if there's any opportunities for us to collaborate. Again, most business adults are always looking for collaboration opportunities or partnership opportunities. If, if I have a high level leader coming into my world, like I'm cool, like doing something nice for them or whatever. We, but I, I'm really curious to see, should we be doing something together? 
Should we be, you know, so, and that's really what we're facilitating through our system. And forgive me, Austin, I I, I think I, I did one of those things where you you answer the question you want to answer instead of the question you were asked. I, <laughs> I don't know if you recall what you asked me, but uh, anyway, I just, I, I, th I thought that that was valuable to share what I just shared. I get you got you got a platform you want to tell them your philosophy I get it I get it uh I was I was asking a little bit more uh towards scale which might come back oh, to scale. kind of yes, yes. Ask, okay. how much we, yeah, the impact of the relationship right yeah um so, so yeah about talk, this, talk right? about that next level yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, if anyone has recently done kind of a Dream 100 exercise, if you haven't, I would encourage you to do so because I think that this will give you a lot of clarity about opportunities, right? And, and because again, it's generally going to, scaling, I find has a lot to do, it's kind of a who, not how type thing. Because if you have the right people in your world and the right opportunities open up for you, it really can speed up the process rather than just grinding it out day after day after day, right? Because, you know, it's like in media, for example, like if you get a really great media opportunity and all of a sudden you're on a big stage in front of a lot of people, can good things happen from that? Absolutely. Can good things happen from smaller stages? Yeah. Uh, but you know, I like big stages. Uh, and so, um, so very strategically, if the goal is to scale rapidly, then what we need to do is identify who are the 100 most valuable people that you need to build a relationship with right now. Right. And now I'm not talking about unicorn hunting. So if your <laughs> brain instantly goes to Oprah and, you know, whatever, right. You know, um, it's look, listen, let's that's shiny object stuff. Okay. What I want to do is like, let's say in your industry, you're a solid five on a scale from one to 10, right? That's great. I mean, that, that you're, you're in, you know, you got some cred if that's the case, if you're a five, but what I want you to do is I want you to think about the sixes and sevens that are out there because when you've got platform and you're willing to be the go-giver, right? You're willing to lead in generosity. You can reach out to the sixes and sevens and find out, you know, a la go-giver, what do they immediately want? And by the way, Bob would urge you to not think of this as a tit for tat. This is really important, mm -hmm. right? You have to allow that to naturally happen. And you have to approach this relationship in curiosity. If you approach it with a hardcore like agenda, like that's it. I find it doesn't go as well because people people can kind of figure out what you want and what you know. You know what what's in it for you. Like if you're if you're too focused on your own outcome, people will sniff that out a million miles away. And you absolutely cannot you know turn this into a you know kind of bait and switch thing because people will hate you if you do that. You have to absolutely be genuinely generous and you have to like people and you have to be willing to give to people and then just let the chips fall where they may if i'm using that expression correctly right so if you'll do that then you will get the time with the leaders your reputation will precede you you'll start to get develop a lot of interest your own authority will start to increase in influence right because you now you've got this platform and you're serving your clients industry you're going to start to get seen and known keep at it and then you're going to keep rising up and up and up and up. And here's what's going to happen. People are going to start to take notice of you. And initially, like when you start a podcast, you have to work, you know, you're going to have to, you know, you have to get that momentum going. <laughs> like in anything, in like if you were to start a YouTube channel, it's going to be a lot of work on the front end, but that's okay. Right. Because in the guesting world, um, in podcasting, here's another crazy 
observation I don't think everyone realizes, but the podcast guesting and hosting world is a really interesting kind of culture, right? Now, traditionally, and it's always been this way and it's only gotten more so this way, for every decent interview show out there, there are thousands of potential guests. So it's like, you're able to step into a world where if you're willing to be the giver first and you're able to use your platform, well, you instantly have thousands of people that want to connect with you because they want to be seen on your stage. Most people in the podcasting world, they're just starving for attention or they want to be seen or they're willing to serve audiences. And I would say more so that kind of that last criteria, right? So again, the idea is, you know, it's like if you want the odds to be in your favor and you want to connect with some really amazing leaders, start a podcast and just be a giver, give generously, truly do solids for your guests, like truly pull at all the stops and do something nice. And then just be open to where the relationship goes. Now, we're pretty intentional about setting, you know, uh, you know, and there's a, this is where the art and science of this really gets into play because um, you want to create outcomes, but you don't want to, you don't want to push, right? And you don't want to sell. And so you just have to uh, allow this to happen. So think of it this way. Let's say you're going to a conference. Here's a good illustration. So you go to a conference and you know, you're going to be on a panel, right? And on your panel, your co-panelists are some pretty high quality people, like the kind of people that you would love to see man, is there any business we should be doing together? Like those kind of people. That's who you could be to be, you know, have a, as a guest on your podcast. Okay, so let's say you're at a conference, you're on the panel, you do the thing, you serve the audience. Are you going to get to know your fellow co-panelists? You, of course you will, right? You're going to just chit-chatting with them before and afterwards and stuff. And then you serve an audience together, that proximity together, you're in service, you're finding your shared values. And then let's say you did this afterwards. You say, you know, to your co-panelist, you know, maybe there was a couple of them that you're like, man, I, I think we could maybe do some business together. This could be cool. Uh, anyway, so you're thinking that. And so then you would just say, hey, you know, I really like what you guys are doing. Um, listen, I don't know if you have any time, but I'd love to grab coffee or, you know, maybe we just jump on Zoom or something like that next week. But I'd love to learn more about what you're doing. I don't know if I can help in any way. I don't know if I've got any introductions or maybe if there's opportunities for collaboration, but I'd love to explore that. Nobody will say no to that. I And, and, and in fact, so as a, ho as a host myself, so I've done well over 1800 episodes for my podcast, The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Every single, nearly every single guest will get some sort of an invitation like that after we do our work together, right? I have only had one person in 1800 plus interviews ever say, that's eh, okay. Was it Oprah? And uh, that's when we, um, and, and you know, that that's when, you know, I, you know, we were a PR firm. They were already working with a PR firm. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. You don't need us. So, uh, which, which I don't do that work anymore, but um, yeah. So that's kind of that power. So think about the most, the, the best conferences you've ever been to in your world. And the, the, the conferences that led to a lot of valuable relationships. When you do this well, it's like that every single week. That's what we create. And, and any, anybody can do what I'm telling you to do. You just, again, you want to be thoughtful about how we do this. Absolutely. All right. So I want to get a little under the hood. One of the gifts that we give here is the gift of structure and systems. So tell me about whether it's technology or uh, some sort of system that you, you just could not live without. Something that makes your life and your business run 
uh, at its peak, and you are so grateful for it. Yeah, I, you know, two things. Number one, and I'm not going. I'm just going to touch on this because I'm sure everyone said it a gazillion times. But man amazing scheduling system. So we use high level, but we have custom designed that thing so that mm -hmm. it is like, it can, it can allow my guests or, you know, people are scheduling me to schedule, reschedule, cancel. If they cancel, then my system will automatically try to, you know, get that schedule back on the books. Like really, really nerd out on your scheduling system and think about what's possible there. Now, part two of that, and I don't know if, if you've had, uh, guests talk about this, but I tell you what, I am a big fan of short video and very specifically, um, you know, if I have a message that I want to deliver to somebody normally via email or SMS or whatever, if I can send them a video, um, a video email, those just outperform, outperform by orders of magnitude. And it just feels, it just feels unique. It feels personal. Right. And so I am, I think I, I contest. So we've, we've been a big bomb bomb user forever, uh, okay. that, that platform. And, uh, I, I, I know for sure we're in the top 10 users list <laughs> in terms of total number of bomb bombs, bomb bombs I've recorded, but it's many, 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 many thousands of bomb bombs that, that we've recorded over our lifetime with that platform. Um, so what I do is I record probably about eight to 12 bomb bombs every Every single day and I, I start wow. off with their name on a whiteboard <laughs> I'm like you know so I start to because I know that's going to be in the preview GIF that gets embedded in their email I want them to see their name on the whiteboard I've got a little note like it you know I'm holding one right up now for people who are just listening to us it says back on great interview next steps hyphen Josh and I drew a little smiley face on it right so they see that I'm holding it I'm waving and I'm talking they see that in the email they want to know what's he saying now I'm always going to come compliment them. And I'm always going to, you know, I'm going to say something nice. I'm going to say their name, something nice. And then usually something like next steps or important, or just something that's, you know, indicates, you know, Hey, you need to watch my video. Cause you know, it's more than maybe what might be in the email. So now this is both a much better communication, um, way uh, for me, like it's more effective, right? I get much higher engagement on that than just a normal text email. But number two, Austin, this is huge from a time-saving standpoint. So I'm always looking for hacks where I can create, you know, it's like, you know, internally, it's like, I, I, I'll joke. It's like, it takes a village for Josh to do Josh's work. <laughs> and I've got a good team. So yeah. think about this. Like, so I'll have like, say eight to 10, calls in a day, right? And at the end of the day, that's when I record, I, I need to send all my correspondence over everything that happened that day, right? So what I do is I'll take some notes while I'm on a call with somebody. And at the end of the day, that's when, oh, and now the AI notes with the action items are amazing. Zoom AI companion is fantastic. Um, we use grain um, and that'll just tell me everything that happened in all those calls. So now I'm just looking at the notes. I get grain to go right into our Slack, which is shared with my team so they can see what I talked about on those calls. I've got notes already for me. So I don't have to remember, oh, geez, what did we talk about at 1030 this morning? I don't even remember, right? That happens. Um, so I can refer back to the notes, then I record all my bomb bombs. And I just bang out bomb bombs. My bomb bombs are almost always under a minute long, right? So if I had 10 calls, I'll spend 10, record 10 one minute videos. And then I am done for the day because 
my team will look at what I, they watch the, so when I'm recording a bomb bomb, obviously I'm recording it for the guest, but now my team is also watching what I said in that bomb bomb. And there's certain language they know that if I use this language, that means, oh, we're gonna use this snippet of text, this template, they write all the emails for me. I just have to like crank out bomb bombs and then I'm out of here. <laughs> So what's nice That's about awesome. that is I get to I get to talk with more people now because I have more bandwidth. Email used to take me an hour to do every day. And now I'm done in 15, 20 minutes easily. That's that's the gold people are looking for right there. That is a lot mm. of great insights, a lot of great tools. I appreciate you uh, going through your process. All right, I'm going to get you out with one more question, but I know I have a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening. You hosted a show called The Thoughtful Entrepreneurs. So, or sorry, the thoughtful entrepreneur. Uh, and so one of the things I think a lot of entrepreneurs are always trying to figure out because our businesses are so obsessive, right? Is how do we structure our entire life? How do we structure our personal life, our families, uh, all the work we have go uh, to, to do as well as maybe maybe some hobbies. So is there a way that you, uh, you structure it all or do you just- oh, uh, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll go. Let's go. Oh, go yeah, you see, I'm not in. I, I'm like, oh yeah, you're hitting on a topic that I listen. Um, so, and I assume that the, 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 a lot of folks are listening to us right now are, are kind of would call themselves achievers, right? They're they they they're not satisfied with the status quo. They're not satisfied with just you know being where they're at forever. They they're usually focused on personal growth, self growth, like doing stuff, getting stuff done, making a big impact in the world. You know growing companies, you know, um, helping people make, making the world a better place. Right. We work with a lot of those type of people. All right. So I want to create maximum impact. So, you know, we've already been talking about delegation, like why that's so critical. And, and I will say this, like when you're starting, you're probably having to do a lot of stuff yourself. Right. And so, you know, you're, you're just, it's just going to take a lot longer because if I have 12 people, on my team that are doing nothing but some of the growth work and all that sort of thing. Well, guess what? We could just do, I can run circles around someone that's a solopreneur. Now, when I started, I was a solopreneur. It was just me, right? So I just, I want to share that first that, you know, I might share kind of like our systems and processes like, oh, good for him. He's got a team. I don't like, and I can't <laughs> afford a team. Listen, I want to share that that's, that's actually good news because it, it gets better. It gets easier. The more that you stay with it, you pick a lane, you become the best in the world at that very specific outcome, right? I'm pretty competent at a lot of things. I'm pretty incompetent at way more things. <laughs> but there are just a couple of things that I maybe, I might be the best on the planet at. They're pretty niche nerdy things, but that's okay because I want to be the best. That's my goal. It's like, I want to be the best in the world at these just a few very specific things. So that's all I'm really worried about. And I don't get shiny object syndrome. I, I just, I really just grind it out. Do I, I found out um, Atomic Habits, right? At the very end of the book, he really got to like, what should you be doing? You do the thing. You should be doing the thing that for whatever reason, you just don't get tired doing it. Like you enjoy doing it. So you, you should do that. Not what you love, although that's likely, you know, a factor in this as well, but it's more about what do you just seem to have a lot of stamina for? And for me, I have a lot of stamina talking to new people. I enjoy it. I love it. I love getting to know people. I love learning from people. So I'm kind of doing what I do. All right. Getting back to the like balance, right? So I structure my day. I 
live and die by my calendar, obviously. But uh, Austin, I covet my downtime. And, and I jealously guard that. Meaning that, you know, if I know that every day I want to play my bass guitar for at least 30 minutes a day, that's a non-negotiable for me. And I have a lot of non-negotiables on my calendar. Now, sometimes, you know, like right now we're in the middle of a launch. And so like, there's going to be some concessions I'm going to have to make, right? Because there's only so many hours a day, but you know, again, it's not so much about time management. It's just about priority management, right? I also love cooking. Like I, I love my hobbies. I love my family. I love hanging out with my wife. Like we spend a lot of time, but me, um, I could, if I wanted to, I, I could work 12, 16 hours a day, and I don't know how long I would be willing to do that at this stage. I kind of don't want to, but you know, I, I don't do that because I know I would much rather be 100% present and on for six hours a day rather than media, you know, getting mediocre, Josh, where everybody in an eight to 10 hour day is only getting about 75% of who I need to be. I don't want them to be ripped off. They deserve to get 100% of me. So that means, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's like you telling your kids, why are mom and dad going out on date night? It's so mom and dad could be a better mom and dad. <laughs> you, kids, you think of it as an investment and letting mom and dad go out because we need to recharge so that we can be the best that we possibly can. It's kind of that, you know, quality time versus quantity time type of thing. Wow. Yeah, I, I love that you called out that moment in the beginning when you're starting, right? As an entrepreneur, where you 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 have to say yes to everything, and you do have yeah. to put time. But it, it is worth, it is worth it because you do get to that point where you recognize, like, okay, now I have six magical hours where I get to be the best I can be, and I'm gonna thrive during those hours. I'm gonna give everybody the best of the best. And you gave that to to me today, and I really appreciate one of those six hours. Um, <laughs> but before we go, I, obviously we've talked about, uh, your, uh, your website at myinfluence.com, but you said something about a launch. Can you, do you want to plug, do you want to plug your new, uh, oh, I don't need to plug. Well, listen, let, let me share some gifts. Um, yeah, you know, if it. someone's interested in what I was talking about, they're like, Oh, maybe this guy can help me. Maybe, I don't know. Come find me. We'll, we'll figure that out. Um, but, but here's one thing I, I want to make sure that, you know, anything I share is, is applicable. Right. Um, so a couple of things, um, number one, if you fancy yourself, like you're interested in being a guest on podcasts, I would highly recommend it. Listen, we don't do guesting services. Um, you know, I've got a lot of partners who do that kind of stuff. I don't do that. I, I have nothing for sale in that world, but we have launched over 200 podcasts at Up My Influence. So I know a lot of podcasters and every single one of the shows that we launch, uh, they are looking for guests. Now, most of them are pretty picky. Yeah, they're, they're pretty, you know, you need generally need to have some pretty decent, you know, leadership and authority in your space. Listen, if you're in that position, hey, you deserve to be celebrated. Um, so here, here's, a, a, we have a page on our site where I've got nothing but podcast guest opportunities that that either I know where we've launched or something like that. I, I'm happy to make some connections. Go check out this resource because my team keeps it updated. We launch at this stage. I mean, we're launching about a show a week. So, um, you know, always looking for new guests. If you're looking for guest opportunities, just go to this website. Ready? It's www.upmyinfluence.com. Upmyinfluence.com. Uh, or just Google my name. You'll find it. Um, and you click on podcasts. 
And that's where you're going to see, it'll say something like 50 plus podcasts that are seeking guests right now. Click on that link um, and just browse all the shows that are looking for great guests. We would love to celebrate you in front of our stages. You know, combined audience across all of our shows, I mean, it's millions and millions and millions of audience members that we would love to help expose you to. And again, there's nothing for sale. Just by all means, go, go, go get, you know, go get some celebration. Um, you know, just again, all of our clients are hoping to network with high value leaders. So, you know, as long as you don't mind collaborating with people, we're a great culture to be a part of. Um, you know, certainly Austin, like if you go to our website, you just want to learn a little bit more about like, you know, tactical applications of a go-giver principle, um, you know, how we use podcasts. I'll teach you all this stuff. Like I just, I teach, I just give it all away. Um, so certainly if you want to check that out, there's, we do free classes and stuff on our website. Um, you know, and again, I'll let, you know, a business adult, if you come into my world, check it out. You'll, you'll know if there's an opportunity for you and I, I, I trust you. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it, Josh. This was great. I loved your energy. Thank you, Austin. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the Scaling Through Structure podcast. This pod was produced by Sabrina. If you liked what you heard, do us a favor and subscribe or leave a five-star review on the platform of your choice. If you want to be a guest and share with the world your winning system, head over to podcast.atakinteractive.com slash guest and fill out your information accordingly. To connect, send me an invite at www.linkedin.com slash IN slash Austin LaRoche. That's A-U-S-T-I-N-L-A-R-O-C-H-E. We appreciate each and every one of our listeners, and especially you. Until next time, I'm Austin LaRoche, and we will see you soon.